Hello, Ridgepoint Church. Thanks so much for joining us online today. Um, as you know, we're not having any services uh, on November or December 30th. Uh, so uh, this is our online service instead. So we're excited that you decided to join us as we kind of wrap up the uh, wrap up 2018 and we begin to move into 2019. Uh, we're just excited that you decided to tune in this morning. A couple things I want to let you know about before JJ uh, shares a little bit with us today. First of all is um, obviously with not having any services, um, you know, we still got bills to pay and all of that stuff. So if you'd like to give to support what happens at Ridgepoint Church, uh, you can go to give.ridgepointchurch.org uh, and uh, you can give there. Or if you already set up to do the text to giving, you can do that. Or you can actually still mail in something if you want to get it on this year's uh, tax statement. Uh, you can still mail something in. Just make sure that it's uh, postmarked by the 31st. Uh, we love your support. We appreciate your generosity uh, as we wrap up this year. So as we move into 2019, I want to let you know about an event that's coming really quickly. Uh, we're going to be participating in a Faith and Family Night uh, with the Lakeland Magic. It's coming up on uh, Friday, January 11th. Uh, the tickets for that are $10 if you don't know who the Lakeland Magic is. It's a, uh, a basketball team, um, and, and they're really trying to kind of get their name out there, and uh, um, they're organizing some events this year, and so they're doing this Faith and Family Night. We'd love for you to come out, join us as we attend that. Uh, you can go ahead and get your tickets from us, and we'll just buy them all together. Uh, you can go to magic.ridgepointchurch.org, get registered for that, go ahead and pay for your tickets Again, those are $10 each, but we'd love for you to come out, join us. It's going to be a lot of fun, and um, we need you to do that, though, pretty quickly. Um, you need to, by the end of the day on January 6th, we'd love to know how many tickets uh, we need to get for that. So go ahead, get registered today. Again, that's magic.ridgepointchurch.org. So um, the other thing I want to let you know about is that uh, we, we're going to be planning a status really soon here as we kick off 2019 if you don't know what status is it's really kind of our opportunity to share with you kind of behind the scenes what's going on here at Ridgepoint church uh stuff that we don't necessarily have time to share all of on uh sunday morning um, we're gonna have you come out on a sunday evening gonna share with that we usually eat together it's gonna be a lot of fun so stay tuned um, probably on the very first sunday that we're back together We'll give you that date and uh, let you know the times and all of that stuff. But we want you to come be a part of that. Speaking of the Sunday that we're back together, that's going to be on Sunday, January 6th. Um, come out, join us. We're going to start a brand new series called, series called Contagious. Um, you know, as believers, uh, people who follow Jesus, um, our faith should be contagious. It should be... it. It, people should catch it. They, it should rub off on them. And, and that's what the series is all about. And so we'd love for you to come out and be a part of that. Now listen very carefully. It starts on Sunday, January 6th, but it's a different time. It's going to be at 10, 10 a.m. Okay, just one service time that day, 10, 10 a.m. We'd love for you to come and be a part of that. And uh, just as we kick off this new year, talking about what it means to have a contagious faith. So here's JJ. All right, and what is up Ridgepoint Church? Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to watch this service. Uh, this is something we've done over the last couple of years for a couple of reasons. 
The first reason being that we want to give our volunteers a little bit of a break. Uh, we know that a lot of effort goes into everything that happens at Ridgepoint Church, but especially around Christmas, uh, there's a lot of extra attention to detail. There's a lot of extra stuff that's going on. And, and it's our way of saying thank you to our volunteers. Uh, there's so much that you do to make Ridgepoint Church what it is. We realize we are primarily a volunteer-led ministry, uh, and we couldn't make it without so many volunteers. And, and so to give them a break to say thank you, because literally at the end of the year, there's so many exciting things that were taking place. We had uh, obviously a number of baptisms that happened in December. Uh, we had a chance because of the generosity of Ridgepoint Church uh, to be able to help out some families through Habitat for Humanity that now have their own home over their head in Auburndale and Winter Haven. Uh, we're able to, thanks to the generosity of, of people at Ridgepoint Church and thanks to the service of Ridgepoint Church, uh, provide a home for a child in Honduras that isn't having to sleep on the trash dump any longer. And through your generosity, through our Give Back Sunday, uh, we're able to help out and give some margin and breathing room to the budget of two families within the Winter Haven, Auburndale area as well. Uh, so thank you for all you do to make Ridgepoint Church what it is. And so we take this Sunday after Christmas off. Uh, we do a small online service to, to share and, and to be a part of building up God's, God's people, uh, but not to have anything on campus. And, and the second reason is to allow our staff to catch their breath a little bit. Uh, we're going to hit the ground running when it comes to 2019. And so this is a chance for us to kind of catch our breath. Uh, actually, while you're watching this, I'm probably still up in Indiana hanging out with my family, getting ready to come back home and, and hit the ground running once January hits. Uh, so it gives us a chance to have a little bit of a break as well. Um, but but speaking of 2019, I just kind of want to share something as to, uh, by way of message this morning, as to a little bit of, of where we're going to go in 2019. Uh, I love having a chance towards the end of the year to look back and to see how and to celebrate what God did in our midst in, in the previous year. I, I love that. But there's also scripture that says we shouldn't spend a long time resting on our laurels, but that we should be looking ahead. Uh, in Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church that's in a town called, called Philippi. And he's writing to the church, and it's really this beautiful expression. It's probably my favorite book in all of the Bible. It's just four small uh, chapters, but it's this beautiful expression of, of, of the joy that Paul has for the church. And, and in it, he's, he's writing to the church, and, and he says this in Philippians chapter 3. He says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14 says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He says, forget about those things that are behind us. I think it's it's cool for a moment to look back and to celebrate what God did. But but if we spend too much time looking back, we're, we're stopping ourselves from looking forward and we're definitely not looking up. Here, Paul's admonition to the church is don't look back, look forward and reach up. Reach towards the prize that God has for, for us, this upward call of God that comes in Christ Jesus. There's two embedded dangers when we have a tendency to look back. Uh, if, if we have a tendency to look back and just kind of celebrate the good things that happened, uh, we have a, a tendency then to, to get lazy, to kind of rest on our laurels, and to say, man, look at how good things have been. And, and when that happens, we get lazy, we, 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 we stop producing, and, and it isn't healthy. But even, even more so, I think sometimes when we have a tendency to look back, you and I have a tendency to to think about maybe some mistakes we've made in the past. 
maybe there's some things we do. Now, now I'm, I'm not naive enough to, to think, I know most of the people who are observing this video are, are probably people who have uh, been partners with Ridgepoint Church. That's kind of our version of, of membership. You'll hear more about that when you get into 2019 as we launch out into January. Uh, but probably most of the people watching this video are, are bought in partners with Ridgepoint Church. But genuinely, I think there's some people right now uh, that maybe that's not where you're at. In fact, maybe you're wondering why you're watching this video at all. Maybe a friend shared it with you and you're saying, why am I listening to this for so long? I, I want to let you know that before we shot this video, I was praying specifically for you. As I prepared this message, if that's who you were, I was praying specifically for you. Because for some of us right now, we're in the midst of, of maybe the darkest season of our life. And it feels like our families kind of let go of us. It feels like society's given up on us. And, and, and if, if God's there, it feels like if, if God even exists, then he doesn't care about my lot in life. If that's how you feel right now, I want to let you know first and foremost that I prayed for you before we started this video. But the second thing that I want to let you know about is, is that if, if that's true for you, if you think your family's given up on you, society doesn't care about you, and if God does exist, that he's, you're too far gone for his grace, I want to let you know this isn't original with me, but if this is where you're at, if you're not dead, then God's not done. Meaning that if, if there's still breath in your lungs, that there is still a plan and purpose for your life, that God cares about you, that he calls you to be his own, and that because of that, there is still plan and purpose for your life. Uh, if you're not dead, God's not done. I want you to understand that. See, when I was in high school, I had a friend of mine, a best friend of mine, uh, that had grown up. I kind of lived a very moral life. I wasn't a follower of Jesus, but I lived a relatively moral life in my high school years. But my best friend hadn't. He had done a lot of things in his life that had caused a lot of damage. There was a lot of damage in his family. There was a lot of damage within his circle of friends that he hung out with. He had caused a lot of hurt that could have led to people going to jail and, and possibly even the, the severing of, of life, if not at least of, of key relationships in his life. But when he got to be 18 years old, he was his big-time high school football player, had some college uh, scholarship offers. And about the time he turned 18 years old, Jesus entered into his life and radically saved him. Now, if you'd have known him just a couple of months prior, you'd have thought there's no way that this guy's life was salvageable. But when Jesus came in, he radically delivered him from, from who he used to be, and he literally made him a new creation. And God is in the midst of doing that for every one of us, that because of the grace that, that he extends to us, that we don't have to look back at our past and, and to think, well, I look back and, and I see all these terrible things about my life, so I'm just going to give up. As long as there's still breath in your, in your lungs, there's hope for you. And so Paul writes and says, forgetting those things which are behind, good or bad, I forget those things which are behind, and I press on towards what lies ahead. I reach towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And then he says this in verse 15, let those of us who are mature, those who are, are more spiritually mature, think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Now watch this. I find this remarkable. In the very next verse, in verse 17, it says this. Brothers, it's other believers, join in imitating me. Now, when I read that, especially in our, our modern, I think, American Christian culture, 
Um, it, it kind of it, we kind of shy away from the idea of, of asking anybody to follow us because that, that seems kind of a little bit awkward. It seems like we think that we've arrived. But Paul says here, join in imitating me. And he also says in other places, follow me as I follow Christ. See, I think it's, it's, it's important for us that as we follow Christ, as we make a decision to genuinely follow him, that, that there's growth and that there's, there's growth in our life, there's maturity. If I've been following Jesus for five or 10 or 15 years, I should be stronger in my faith than I was five, 10 or 15 years ago. There should be a marked maturity about my faith. And as we start to have a maturity about our faith, we want to start to share that with other people. The picture that we read here that Paul's writing is, is that as Jesus stamps his image on us, the word that's used here is the word tupos. It's an image stamped on something else. As Christ stamps his image on us, if, if we have, they always have these signet rings as a sign of, of importance or even important families, and, and they would stamp that down as, as a seal. And he says, as Christ has stamped his seal on us, so we make a mark on the people around us. And that's not meant to be cocky. In fact, earlier in Philippians chapter 3, Paul had said, not that I've already attained, not that I've already made perfect. Paul says, by no means do I consider myself perfect. But as I have a marked maturity about my life, I should be inviting other people to join me as I imitate Christ. And the call is there. He says, listen, Christ has stamped himself upon me. And as he has done that, I want to do that to others who I have a chance to, to be a part of their growth process. There's a warning that comes in here. He says, join me in imitating me. Uh, keep your eye on those who walk according to the example you have in us. And then he says, there's some that aren't there. There's some who've made a, a bunch of mistakes. It says, even with tears, I tell you, they walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. Their glory is in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But then he says this, there's a transition that takes place in verse 20. And he says this, but our citizenship is in heaven. This was really important because the, the city of Philippi, uh, in, in, in the ancient culture, in Jesus' day, the city of Rome was kind of the central hub of all activity. It was very important to be a citizen of Rome. Uh, if you were a city who had, who had their citizenship attached to Rome, you were given certain rights and certain privileges that other cities weren't given. Uh, in fact, the very way the culture was run in that city as a part, because they were citizens of Rome, would have mimicked the culture of Rome. And so the people of Philippi lived in an area where all of the other cities around them weren't parts of the, the people of those cities weren't citizens of Rome. But the citizens of Philippi were citizens of Rome. And so because of that, they had these rights and privileges. They had, because of their citizenship, we see even Paul saying he has a right in another passage to appeal to Caesar because of the citizenship that he has in, in Rome. But Paul here writing to the church says, I know you think your citizenship is in Rome and that you have a lot of pride in that citizenship. But he says, but I tell you this, our citizenship is in heaven. From it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. 
And so Paul writes and he says, I want you to understand that even though your citizenship seems really important, being a part of Philippi, being a province of, of Rome, that way more important is your citizenship being in heaven. We, because of what Jesus has done, uh, are offered that right, that our citizenship, our temporary home is here on earth, but our permanent citizenship is, is in heaven. And so today we're in the process of, of disciplining ourselves, of making ourselves stronger so that we in turn can look at other people around us and say, hey, join me as, as I imitate Christ and join me and my peers as we imitate Christ. If there's two words that I'd love to see Ridgepoint Church focus on in 2019, the first one is this, it's, it's growth. It's that individually, if each one of us would say, man, I, I want to strip away some of the things that are, that are causing me to stumble and that I want to really, really learn how to grow. Growth would be number one. And, and the power of our story, being able to share our story, is number two. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, we're supposed to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. I want you to hear that again. Discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Prepare ourselves for that spiritually so that we can grow. See, goals are only accomplishable when we put actions to our dreams. For some of you this year, you're entering into 2019 and you're saying, there's certain things that I want to accomplish. There's certain goals that I have in mind. And to have the goal is, is powerful and it's important. I think we should set goals. But goals are only accomplishable when we put actions to our dreams. I can set a goal in 2019 of saying that I want to lose 50 pounds. The goal itself is going to accomplish nothing. I could even set a, a plan in place to allow for that to happen. But the goals and the plans themselves won't make the desired outcome be the potent, be the outcome that, that actually takes place. It's only when goals are being accomplished through the action being put to our dreams that we start to realize what growth actually looks like. I think we should set some physical goals. I think it's healthy for us. But I think even more important going into 2019 is to say, I want to, I want to find some, some spiritual goals, not just to have a goal that's out there, but to come up with an action plan in my life to start to attain some of those goals, to put action to the dreams that we have. Four things I'd encourage you to do, and we'll wrap up. Number one is this, spend time in God's Word. Don't just read it, meditate on it. See, one of the things that I fear is sometimes we get our, our Bible apps out and we have a Bible reading plan and we kind of check the boxes and say we did all those things. But we're not asking God for wisdom. When it seems confusing, pray and ask God's Spirit to guide you into understanding. And then find tools. I've heard a lot of people in the past year say, man, I, I like to try and read my Bible, but I get really confused very easy. What are some things I can do? And it begins by praying for God's Spirit to, to open up your mind for you to be able to understand. Uh, but also to have some tools and resources. I don't often carry this Bible up on stage with me, but, but today I'm reading from my ESV study Bible. And, and I love this because it has some footnotes and different things I can learn from. I'd encourage you, if, if you want to study God's Word and, and have your own private private time, this is a great resource. The ESV Study Bible is a great resource. Uh, so pray for God's Spirit to guide you. Have those, uh, those tools, those resources around you to help you out. Number two, remove things from your life that can hinder your growth. Uh, that might be tougher. 
It might mean you have to remove some key relationships that are holding you back. It might mean for a lot of us that we have to remove excuses that stand in the way. It might mean for a lot of us that we remove, remove future plans. Uh, we God's trying to grow us in a particular area, and we say, I'd love to do that, but, but I have these dreams in my life to do these things, and these, and these two ideas are in conflict with each other. And because of that, our dreams are hindering our growth. Sometimes it means removing some of those, those dreams in order that we can accomplish what God has for us. Number three, and, and maybe one of the most important things we can do, is to discover a mentor and ask that mentor to find the time to be mentored. Uh, that's, that's tough because everyone's lives are busy. Uh, I wouldn't say to do something if, if I'm not trying to model it myself. And it's one of the things that I've been working through myself towards the latter part of this year is to find someone to be that influence in my life, to be that mentor. Uh, find someone to do that. Ask that person to devote some significant time this year in 2019 to, to mentorship. And the final one is this. Find someone yourself to be pouring into. When I first got started in, in ministry, um, one of the things that most challenged me was I was a youth pastor and I had a lot of students that would ask a lot of questions. Uh, because of the desire that they had to grow, it forced me in a position where I had to grow. When we start to pour ourselves into people around us, it brings about an end to stagnation. It brings out an end to just being kind of spiritually bland, and it gives us a desire to grow. So if we do those four things this year, if we're asking for uh, God's word to be alive to us, if we're um, trying to remove those things that hinder us, if we're having a mentor pour into us, and if we're pouring into other people, it gives us the greatest potential for us to grow. Would you join me in, in praying together? Father, thank you for this year, for all that Ridgepoint Church has done, uh, for all that we've been able to accomplish, or what, really what you've been able to accomplish through us. God, I thank you for the generosity, for the sacrifice of so many people uh, to not just make our community a better place, but also to spread the love and, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, God, I pray that in 2019, you'd give us a heart to, to seek after what your Spirit's calling us to do, uh, to be a part of your mission here in our area and then literally across the world. God, I pray for strength. I pray for a desire for growth to happen among our people. Uh, God, I pray for right now for that person who uh, is coming and they, they've given up all hope. They think their situation is, is futile. God, I pray that today they'd realize the plan and purpose that you have for them. Uh, God, meet with us. Be with us. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd really encourage you. Uh, to do that this year, to set some goals and then come up with an action plan that you're going to work on to achieve those goals. Uh, be back with us next week as Chris shared. There's one service at 1010 as we kick off the Contagious series and we start to look forward to what God has for us in 2019. Thank you again for 2018, for your generosity, for your service. There are a lot of areas this year that we want to see growth take place, but there's one thing I'm always thankful for. And that's the way God has, has, has kind of provoked us and prodded us as a church to be a church that wants to serve and to give our resources to make our community a better place. Thank you, Ridgepoint Church, and we'll see you next week.